As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Androids Dungeon, JJB, Harry, Wuhan, Hall. Oh. We got the flu, baby. And the only cure is gaming. Civ, Dune, Stone Mayor? What else? Find out. Stay tuned. Pay no attention to me. I'm perfectly healthy. Everything's fine. What's wrong with your eyes, Jack? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, he's spinning all over us. (laughs) What happens? uh, What does coronavirus do in the end? Uh, You chill out on a beach. (laughs) It's very very, very similar to the flu. You turn into a lime. (laughs) (laughs) Turn green. I I prefer Modelo virus, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I want soul virus. Yeah, Modelo Negro. Actually, I don't know any good Mexican beers. They're always just, like, acceptable. It's like, is it cold? Acceptable lagers. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, being in Korea. There were only two beers, and they uh, they were virtually indistinguishable. Haita? (laughs) Kasu. There were probably bloody fights over which one was better. (laughs) It was like in The Simpsons when... um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was uh, where they're doing this thing where it's kind of like a, a food um, festival of some sort, but all the food comes from the same place in the basement where somebody's chef is just taking oh, the same yeah. slop and putting them on a different conveyor belt that brings it up. But uh, that's why I imagine all the beer in Korea is just <laughs> one somebody just opening a just tap. Branded differently, different labels. Yeah. It's actually made by a bunch of grandmas in the rural areas. <laughs> it's a bunch of ajumas like staring. They're making the kimchi and then they like have separate <laughs> bottles for it. I could believe it. Um, two minutes and 30 seconds into the show. This is Android's Dungeon, and you're listening to it on CFRU 93.3 FM or online at CFRU.ca or via your favorite podcast, website, service, application. doesn't even have to be your favorite one. Yeah, it can be an inferior one or something you're putting up with or maybe the one you hate just because you're sticking it to them by using it. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're trying it out for one of those websites when you're we going to get on Tidal, though? That's what I want to know. Uh, does Tidal do podcasts? Yeah, probably not. I'm sure. Not yet. <laughs> I can call up Jay-Z can and ex- ask him. Can yeah. I make an exception for you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a show about a boot, games, movies, music, and whatever Jack saw when he was coming into the studio today. Jack did not see anything. It was quiet. Jack did the studio work. Uh, so the studio did not work when we walked in today. And uh, yet again, it, like it, I'm almost impressed at how different it is every time something doesn't work. In this case, it was this one they really had to. They're running out of ideas. Running out of ideas. So <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a little underwhelming the solution, but Joel got it, and that was turning it on and off again. Uh, but it was one of the random buttons on the board that you turned on and off. It's a classic solution. Yeah, yep. and there's a reason it works. And before we go on, I had tech savvy come to the house, and I've never had this one before. So on the weekend, uh, Kel's father came over. And he got a new phone, and we were trying to download updates and get it all set up for him. Classic scenario. We've been having issues with the wireless for a bit. Mm. And uh, uh, occasionally it just drops out. 
and nothing makes any sense. I've run the speed test, everything seems fine, done everything else, checked the band, there's not that much interference that should be dropping out on us. Yep. Uh, no one's downloading anything, so it's not like something's getting flooded here. Because the router's still, as far as I can tell, is staying up, checking the logs, everything appears fine, but it's mm -hmm. gone. Uh, so I call them up, they're running tests, and they're saying, uh, your signal's too good. And mm -hmm. basically, they were trying to say that you're, whatever Rogers did when they were nearby or something, there's too much information coming through. So whenever it's uh, saturated. trying to, it's saturated, I guess. Of all the problems I've had, I've never had Signal too much. Signal to and Halliburton. Hey, good for you. Yeah. So now it's fixed. <laughs> they have like an area booster, and we had like a local booster, and so there was a like <clears throat> booster booster. Oh, your booster, your booster's too small. <laughs> you got to get a bigger booster. <laughs> Boy, can't, if I had a dollar. booster. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Harry, what have you been playing recently? Well, I've been playing, uh, again, lots of Twilight Struggle. It has just become a weekly thing for uh, for a friend and I to play Twilight Struggle. We also played Spirit Island. A friend and That's me. my first game in uh, like a couple years of Spirit Island. Wow. Um, Joel and I have been playing some Century Spice Road. Yep. All right, so let's ta tackle these one at a time. Let's start with uh, Twilight Struggle. Ooh, Twilight Struggle. Such a good game. <clears throat> so has the meta developed? Um, Some people say meta. That feels weird to me. I, I like saying I, li I like saying meta. Yeah. Um, meta feels like an appliance manufacturer. <laughs> meta kind of <laughs> sounds like the Pokemon to me. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also true. Um, yeah, it's good. So far, mm -hmm. uh, we have only played. We've I think played five or six games. I have only ever played the USSR, and um, the USSR is too strong. The game is a little bit unbalanced. Mm. No, it's uh, he's right. Like tournament, tournament Jackie's results. Right. It's a uh, fifty-four percent to to yeah, fifty-six. I'm still saying, if you're saying it's too strong, though, it's to me that sounds a little suspicious. That it's slightly like, stronger. Yeah. So it's it's also hard to tell because there's so much, there's some variance in player skill, I guess. So, but the tournament results really show that it's too strong. So, uh, I'm looking forward to playing the U.S. tonight for the first time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of exciting. Um, might lose, might not lose. Where where the loss is piling up though? Are we talking about like a drawn out slog to the end, or is it ending too early? The first games we had, I mean, so so the game ends uh, ends at ten rounds, um, but <clears throat> a player can also win earlier if they yeah. just get too much of a lead. Um, most of the time though, we had a couple games that have ended uh, just someone getting to twenty points. We've had a lot of games that have been close where I've almost ended it early at twenty points, yeah. um, but didn't quite get there. Most of them end in the late war, though. You won with war games. Yeah, last, last game, game I won with war That's games, a key way of which was great. Like in. headliner to to score a region but, and get to seven points and then play war games. But the very fact you're saying it's going to the late war and you're winning says to me that something's wrong because typically the USSR has to win in early war to mid war. If they don't have the win at that point, the US is strong at the end, so they should be coming out ahead and just but slapping the first it down. round of late war is not so bad. Exactly, mm. yeah. And Before that's I, that's where it's ended late. most of the time, I would say, is first round of, first round of, of hmm. late war. Harry, did you headline get 7 points and then end the game? Yes. You broke the rules. Really? You can only play war games when Defcon is at 2. Oh, I think there was. No, there was definitely yeah. something. There was definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe you did a coup. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there must have been something there because it says <clears throat> it says on the card play this only while it's at DefCon two. It might have been that my opponent played an event to bring DefCon to two. Could have been. Could have been. Like, but yeah, uh, there there was definitely something, something. There was definitely something there. Cool. 
All right. Yeah. We're legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right, though. You can only play it at Tekken <laughs> 2. Phew. It's such a weird game that uh, there, there are some edge cases in these sorts of things, but there's you got to pay attention to everything going on. But at the same time, it's, it can be fairly obvious if somebody's like, boy, Harry's putting a lot of time in Asia. What's he got going on in that hand there? For sure. There's a lot of that bluffing going on. It's Psych. one of those... South America. I'm really happy that I play it every week with the same person. Yeah. We both have the same number of games under our belt because if I played against someone new... Like, so much of the strategy in this game is the knowledge of what cards yes. affect which regions, which cards affect each other. Like, yes. what are the chances? Can I headline this this phase, or am I in danger of starting a nuclear war and, and losing the Has game? Has anyone like, uh, DEFCON suicided? Uh, not yet, but it's been... Like, in our learning games, it happened, and we we're like, okay, let's rewind, and yeah, like, yeah. hey, don't play Olympic Games here, because I can just decline. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, oh. The worst is when <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's DEFCON f- uh, 4... But then the other person uh, begins with, or sorry, goes up to DEFCON 3, and you think you're okay. But then the other person play, uh, leads like Duck and Cover or something, and then you've got Olympic Games, and then they decline, and then you lose. Exactly. Like like a lot of the stuff. <laughs> Olympic Games, my take on it was that it was bad to play. You should play it for ops or headline it. But now I don't even know if you should headline it, except in round one, because there's a chance your opponent could just lower DEFCON. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I think, um, I've read, I'm by no means a Twilight Struggle expert. I've read more about it than I've played it. But the some shenanigans with Missile Envy as well of uh, possibly... Oh, stealing a card yeah. that will yeah trigger DEFCON. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Missile Envy is a real, real tricky one. I like but it's it. another um, example of a bit of randomness in the game, too. And up there with, uh, do you play with Bear Trap or Quagmire? Yeah, we, we've been playing with both. And those cards are weird. A lot of people yeah. just take them out of the deck. Yeah, we play with all of the optional cards. I don't um, want to take them out because I feel like it's it's core. To the games. Like, I mean, when is yeah. it going to happen? And and they're really interesting cards. Like they're, I I would put them in the same level as the cards that um that increase your ops. Um, for the round. Oh yeah, so like uh, containment, and. Uh, and and Brezhnev doctor. Brezhnev, yeah. Where it's like you know this event's going to happen, at some point. The question is, who's going to play it and when? Yeah. And, like, can you plan around it? And are you going to play it on yourself? For sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. still three ops. And we've had instances where <laughs> Quagmire... This is a very conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quagmire and Bear Trap make you discard a card. Discarding a card is often not bad. Yeah. Sometimes it, you've had a really bad hand. Sometimes you just want to sit in Quagmire for a while and just yeah. get rid of those crap cards. Which I've never been, heard anyone uh, say that. Yeah, it's no, it's it, a it weird game. Helpful. Like, the first discard, because... The round ends and you're intended to have one card left in hand. Yeah. The first discard is not that bad if you get to discard a, a, if you a bad f- event. If you, honestly, if you get to discard your opponent's uh, card and get out mm-hmm. of it first roll, totally. That's a straight up that's, win. That's what happened They've last game. My opponent was like really salty and about a it. Headline. I uh, I got to discard. It's that you can discard two ops or more. Yeah. I think, and I, I think I got to discard like Pope John Paul, <laughs> yeah. which is horrible. Uh, Poland. It's a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, Guys, great game. Twilight Struggle is a game about <laughs> playing cards and winning the Cold War. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's, in uh, case you were wondering. It is stellar. It's so good. Like, yeah. the, when the two of us get together and we make time to get together now just to play Twilight Struggle, it's unquestionably, it's the only thing we'll do. It's <clears> funny <throat> because Harry and I were joking earlier this week that we could spend an hour, like, spend a show talking about Quagmire 
and Bear Trap, and then you brought That's it up. Funny, it's brought up there. <laughs> you asked for this, Jack. <laughs> it's my own quagmire. It's your own damn so fault. We like uh, you I'm could you could like randomly. if the topic is quagmire bear trap, then you go through every other card in the game and talk about whether it's good to discard <laughs> it. Really? Yeah. yeah. The uh, wiki for we the game is it's, it's up there with Dominion as far as like holy smokes, people have yeah. done some serious analysis and comparing sure. when and what synergies and uh, situations. So it, the Meta is really wild yeah. for Twilight Struggle. Totally. So just just to get back to what he was saying earlier about USSR <clears throat> being imbalanced, I think modern tournaments give two extra influence to the US at the beginning, <laughs> and you have to place it where you already have influence, and pretty much people just dump it in Iran because Iran always gets coup to the start. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done because we're on the second edition, I think, or or is it the deluxe edition, whatever version that's currently like constantly being printed. Yeah, I think it's the second edition. Second edition. I'm surprised they haven't just done a third edition where they've done slight slight tweaking to it. If mm. if in tournaments they're they're giving people two extra ops, or maybe in the rule book there's an updated. Uh, errata. Well, the errata? optional cards uh, help the U.S. more mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, but I think uh, in the tournaments, they, they play with optional cards too. Mm. So, like, I think that the recommendation is to do two ops or two influence to balance plus optional cards. But you know how I was saying throughout all in Iran? There's actually disagreement on whether or not you're allowed to over control an area with those. Oh, with the extra influence? So, you, you might oh. only be allowed to do one. So you're saying there's disagreement. But you on, can like, over control Italy, rules. right? Because now you know. <laughs> yes. Over controlling yes. Italy is necessary, <clears throat> which is why Europe. Be- I was I could not understand why Europe was being such a big thing for you. It totally yeah. makes sense. Jack, don't I you always over control Italy? <laughs> Come on. Just, we need we need to play some games of Twilight Struggle. It'd be fun. No, you played way more than me though, so I can't anymore. There's I felt, too the, much I felt the same way about Joel originally, and now now I've played a lot. Well, of he games just too. watched me sitting on my app for like eight hours. Waiting for our Gen Con pass. I need to pick my own game that I've overplayed. By the way, we all signed up today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do we should do a tournament where each of us brings a game that we have overplayed <laughs> to the table. <laughs> DC, DC. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like the the great punch bag. You got off. Carcassonne. <laughs> you you're really good at Carcassonne though. Yeah. I'm sure Harry's good at. Anyone can be good at Carcassonne. Although, quick Breaks story about brain. Carcassonne is that Carcassonne. Yeah. Yeah. Come it's, on. It's, it's, it's which play, way do I place yeah, the yeah. area control tile placement? I was telling my Achilles heel. I still don't get it, Joel. I really don't. Uh, so Garrett's been playing Carcassonne with this new lady friend he's been seeing, Ooh, and nice. I was saying to him, or talking to him a little bit about it, what how he's playing, and I guess they they play fairly ruthlessly with each other, which I'm impressed with. But I asked him, so uh, how's your farming game? I said farmers. I said, oh. <laughs> Yes. He doesn't know that you. farmers exist. Yeah. I have oh the, I have the ex- I'm not that Everyone good at Carcassonne because I forget the rules for farmers and then I never play them and then <laughs> I, I can't win because them. they're so good. Honestly, one of my favorite things in Carcassonne is just throwing down a farmer like tile two <laughs> and it's useless, <laughs> but then it always ends up getting a ton of points <laughs> because just the, the world builds around it. Yeah. You know, you're probably right just in the sense of like the random formation of life yeah. around it. I think it's tougher with the river because it's, you're yeah. combating, like you have a just hard line just splitting them up. It's almost just like anytime you don't have a great option. Throw yeah, I'm going to farm. farm. <laughs> <laughs> Joel suddenly doesn't have any guys. So <laughs> yeah, I never have any guys left. All right, so Twilight Struggle. What's next, Terry? Uh, played a, our first game of Spirit Island together. It's the first game I've played since like 2018. Did we maybe? play it all together? At my place? No, we didn't. Eh. The first or, time it uh, showed up? Or was that Stefan, you, me, Might Carol? have been at Stefan's. 
Yeah, I feel like it was at Stefan's. I feel like I remember it happening and I, I couldn't make it. But I played <clears throat> it at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. I think I played like two turns at Gen Con in 2018. That was the year you went without me. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I have not played it since. We have recently picked up again. It's way more complex than I remember. Hmm. Like, it's like, there's a lot to this game. Was it's, it hard? Uh, it was incredibly difficult. First game, Spirit Island. I would recommend the game to people, but wow, first game was... When you played it, like, around. easiest mode, right? We played it easiest possible mode, but, like, we started the game. We didn't We didn't sit down and read all the rules and then play the game. We were like, oh, we'll learn as we go. Oh, no. <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> you, you can't do that with Spirit oh, Island. God. No. It was bad. Like, the first <laughs> round happened, and then they, like, build it. <clears throat> then they built, and then the, the second round happened, and then they ravaged, and we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. How yep. are we supposed to fight we're this? We're dying. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a very unfriendly game in the sense. Don't of, worry, Harry. Even when you know how the game yeah. works, that still happens. <laughs> it's it's a good drowning simulator, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's an interesting game, I would say, in that like the first two rounds will make or break it because after the first two rounds, we started, we became so powerful. After like we we were able to stave them off for two rounds, and then after five rounds, we became just incredibly powerful, and there was almost no difficulty at all. Really? Yeah. I mean, once you have the ability to start like dealing some good damage and destroying the invader units mm-hmm. then yeah i don't think i've ever yeah. i've played it three times i think and none of the times i've played i've ever felt too powerful it's never, yeah, <laughs> it's never, never been, been an issue for me oh really we, we ended up in this interesting situation where <clears throat> i had that card i can't remember exactly what spirits we were playing all the easiest spirits and, and there's a card where you just destroy all of the um explorers towns and a city in a tile and then the whole game was just focused around that. Like, I would play it. Tsunami. Chelsea would duplicate it. Mm. <laughs> Someone else would let me play it fast instead of slow. Right. And then the other person would, all they would do is just push units into the into the area. Yeah. And we would just nuke two areas every every turn. <laughs> so, hold on. Did it turn into something where you felt like, you know when you play a video game and you find something broken? And yeah. you just keep doing it over yeah. and over. Yeah, and, and it became like, like, yeah, no. it became the key to our success. <laughs> Perfect yeah. synergy. Well, at least you you had fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely had fun. And I think go. we're gonna play it again <clears throat> tomorrow. So, wow. Wow. The Joel and I heard this too, but um, uh, a friend of ours, I'll, I'll go as far to say, or a board gaming friend, was getting rid of his copy of Spirit Island, and I couldn't believe it because nobody ever gets rid of this game. And I think, hey, it just didn't click with him because it was a co-op and whatnot. But he made an interesting point that I've never heard before because <clears throat> in some of the, let's let's be generous here, uh, more progressive circles, uh, Spirit Island is often held up as this uh, beacon of um, thematic, new thematic design where it's like settler destroying game because you have the mean old Europeans showing up and you're the ones getting rid of them. And... Uh, he pointed out that what was interesting is that as it's held up as this um, indigenous rights, yeah, pro-indigenous game, yet at the same time the the Duhan or however you pronounce them are virtually just another pawn yeah, in the just game. Tools, and you, you often as the gods, you're just as mean to them <laughs> yeah. as, as the colonists might have been too. He called them fodder, right? Because you just yeah. go For sure. send them to die. They definitely basically. are you push yeah. them into fight people. You consume yeah. them. You move them around and uh, just exploit sure. them, which is. Uh, kind of interesting because the whole Eklund design school is the idea of like uh, this, I don't want to say libertarian, but the more like uh, his idea of a civilization game is not thinking about rulers controlling people, but the, from the ground up of uh, what yeah, people are sure. doing with it, which is the exact opposite kind of what's going on with Spirit exactly, Island because you're yeah. another force pushing people around. <laughs> it's, anyway. it's a good game. Like I, I think it, get, it gets top marks on content, like replayability mm-hmm. for sure, and complexity. 
I mean, there's so much scalability. Scalability. You get all these spirits you can play, and they all play very differently. Oh yeah. Yep. The game itself, though, like, meh. I think we're gonna play it a bunch and play the thematic map next time. Yeah, we'll play the thematic map next time. What's the thematic map? It's uh, it just looks more like this the actual uh, scenario or like uh, terrain. Nice art. Yeah, nice art, and then also it's like it's less symmetrical. So like in the basic map, you've got like two of each type, whereas like in your thematic map, you might end up with like three or four mountains, and someone else might have all wetlands. Mm. Or something. Okay, so it's it's harder, but uh, you can you can actually do better with it. Sure, it's a. Uh, I hope certain people aren't listening. It's a very highly rated game, um, and we will play it a bunch. But each game, individual game, the gameplay. I give it like 6.5 out of 10 maybe interesting mm. I mean I have a lot more plays ahead of me to make up my mind about it but uh... but why I'm curious because we've all played this before and I don't I'm not sold on the game like I think it's fine and I think I can understand why people love it <clears throat> especially in an era where we, there's so many board games out there and cooperative games are A rare and B interesting ones are even mm-hmm. rarer so Spirit Island hits a lot of points for that but a lot of the problems I see in other cooperative games kind of show up again where it feels like yes. You spend most of your time just planning, and one For person sure. knows the game. One way person like, can dominate you do this the planning. And tell me, yes. like the quarterbacking issue is off the charts. Yep. And, but that could just be because I'm not as good at the game, which I'm perfectly happy to. I, I think I think that's a that's a big issue with Spirit Island. Maybe yeah. maybe the biggest issue actually, depending on your play group. Actually, especially if you've got somebody experienced, because they're gonna know the right way to play. And if one of one person is not doing things right, you are going to lose. Yeah. Yes. For so sure. it, it's tough or, to just sit there and like, be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's Go ahead one. and do that thing well, that's going to make us lose. <laughs> but is it the, and but the, the other part too is that let's compare and contrast with Pandemic, another cooperative game that can any co-op can be suffer from quarterbacking. But I think Spirit Island because it has a longer play time and is more in depth. That somebody. Like, you can take your hands off in, co- in Pandemic and kind of like, all right, I'm not going to bully anyone well, here. At least they're going to do something. Something's yeah. going to happen sure. here. Versus Spirit Island where you're just kind of sitting there and you're kind of staring like, oh, my turn is useless. Or now we're going to lose in two turns because I can just see how it's happening. And you don't want to be a mean person, but you, it's the knife is flying at you. There's also, and this is kind of interesting, like, there's a, it's an asymmetric co-op yes. game. Yeah. Which neat. I think in some mm-hmm. aspects, it can be bad. You almost, like, you have this unique spirit and you get to do things that are unique to yourself that other people can't do but if someone's quarterbacking and they're telling you what the correct play is or you feel like your unique actions will have no impact on this game it's kind of like a betrayal like (laughs) hey it's asymmetric i get to do cool things oh wait (laughs) it feels like i get to do nothing and this this other player gets to do all these cool things and uh, which is uh, I don't it, know. It's a neat game, and I, if anyone's even remotely on the fence, try it at least. And you maybe should, this will be a hit. You should with you. like definitely go out and like <clears throat> find someone who owns it and have them teach it to you, or like go to a board game cafe yeah. and have them teach it to you because yeah. it's a really interesting game. It's I like, think really one of, good. I think one of the issues like related to the asymmetry that you were talking about is the fear characters. There's yeah. two fear characters. They generate a lot of fear, which is critical for the game. But, but their board will suffer because yeah. every time they're trying to do damage, instead they do fear. And everyone else is like, oh, look at my board. It's clean. And then like, theirs is just like <laughs> overrun <laughs> with settlers, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, but I've generated, you know, for sure. And fear is super cards. important because as you head up in the fear track as well, you get bonuses and they get malices, I think. or And yep. you also advance one of the win conditions too. So. Exactly. Anyway, Spirit Island. Complicated. Yeah. And when we were learning, I remember it was a nightmare because we watched, we read the manual and it's like, oh no. Then we watched the video and went, oh no. <laughs> yeah, oh, that wasn't your place. Yeah, yeah, that was at Edwin. Yeah, we all took a break. We're all watching this this guy that, uh, that I think he's British or something kind of mm-hmm. going on. It's, 
why are we still confused? That's oh, not a good sign. It was tough. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, and uh, Century. I'll let Joel talk For about sure. this one. He should because sure. uh, it's his he game. He has destroyed me. <laughs> Two and zero. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about Century Spice Road, which uh, I'm just watching and catching up on the Dice Tower yeah. top 100 games of all time. And I think it was either Z or Tom's like 60th or something uh, top 100 game of all time, which is something. So 60th. Hey, we'll take it. Um, Century Spice Road is a game that's like always like we've noticed it around. People are talking it. You do see it on a lot of lists. Um, and so, like we said, our friend John was giving away a bunch of games. And so I picked it up and brought it to work. And it's a 30 to 45 minute game. So it fits perfectly into a lunch slot. Um, the game is basically uh, revolving around collecting four types of spice and then trading that spice for better spice and then using that better spice to get points so how many gems do you get every round is it (laughs) sounds very (laughs) it does feel very uh splendor-esque it's generally considered to be like the this kind of the splendor replacement for a lot of people because either because it was fresh maybe spicier or (laughs) they there were enough modifications to it still haven't played it i have a question for you jack what is the most common and least valuable spice most pepper salt it's turmeric Turmeric? Oh. It makes sense because you do put a lot of turmeric in things compared to other things. Like you'll add a tablespoon of turmeric and like half a teaspoon of other stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, so turmeric is something you start with. And basically, you have the option to get cards from the from the uh, from the middle row, mm-hmm. which allow you to either get more things or trade change those things to better things like I don't know cardamom and uh, cinnamon. cinnamon. Cinnamon is the most valuable. Mm-hmm. It, it, did they mostly do this around colors though? So it's yeah, just it's like, just yeah, I think so. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's like yellow, red, green, brown. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there'll be demand up at the top for you, you cash it in for. I'm assuming is money or prestige. Yeah, it's got to be money. It's, it's definitely. Uh, and yeah, you're just you're all just trying to make your way, uh, getting rich uh, in some Arabic markets uh, mm-hmm. by buying and selling spice. Yep. Mechanically, it's it's a really if you've played a lot of like lighter weight games, it's a really familiar game because yeah. you, you'll play it and you're like, oh, this is the same mechanic as this. This is the same mechanic as this. It's just like a a combination of very common mechanics. You have like a market row. You have to pay extra if you take a card further yeah. down the market row. Um, you're just like collecting resources and upgrading resources them and exchanging them for point cards on your turn. You can either play an action or take a new action. Like yeah. it's very, it's definitely a, a recognizable as, or familiar. It's a good way to put it. So you've got two plays down. Joel, you won both times. Were they blowouts? Were they confusing? Was it Ooh. kind of like both of you were kind of looking at each other going, well, I guess that's the end. But uh, The first game was very close. I think it was like five <clears throat> points or something. That yeah. was one-on-one with Harry. The second game was a blowout. It was with uh, with uh, Harry today and uh, Brent. And, uh, yeah, the the game is kind of hard to figure out at this point. It's uh, It's definitely a very simple game. Uh, there are some sort of like uh, complex decisions early, I think. But then once you get your engine going, you just like do it. You just do it. You just execute it and see see how it goes. Basically, you just you make some decisions early, which is basically like picking which cards you take from the lineup, as far as what cards you'll get and sorry, what spices you'll get and what spices you'll upgrade and in which way. But then once you get that hand, you're basically just playing that hand, taking a reward. Picking up that hand, 
playing that hand. For sure. It can be harder, like, uh, you can end up with hands of cards where you have to play them in a different order to get the resources you need to get a, to buy a specific card, but yeah. like towards the end, you very rarely pick up a new card. So, I, like I said, I haven't played Spice Road. I've got Golem Edition. Yep. Um, very similar from what you described, where you're, you've got literal gems in this case, and you're mm. turning them into things, and you're buying the golems, and they're worth victory points, and you need different amounts of different ones, and the more expensive ones require the better stones, and so on. But does it have the mechanic where, so in Golem Edition, what you're doing here is you're buying these these cards, and you're building them in your hand, and it's almost like a light, light deck-building experience where you've got X amount of these cards, and you play them, and then as soon as you're out, you have to take a turn to kind of pick them all up again. And, exactly, yes. yeah. 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 And if you take them from the left, it's free. Otherwise, yeah, you have yeah. to pay one good uh, going right, which okay. I, I, I think at the beginning of this game, I paid all of my spice just to get one card because I thought yes, it was worth yeah. it, and it, and it definitely was. Worth it, yeah. Yeah. The, the card-picking-up comparison we said was very similar to Concordia. Mm. Even just, like, the whole thing. Like, you have a hand of cards. Exactly, You yeah. purchase them off a market row. It's more expensive. You mm. have to take a rest turn in order to get your cards yeah. back. It's uh... you. What is it, Prefect? <laughs> yeah. Some yeah, things exactly. I like about the game, though, the box is very well organized and, in fact, insanely easy to set up because... The, the insert's great. Yeah. Each of the... Um, each of the spices come in their own container, um, kind of like a muffin tin, mm-hmm. uh, which sit in oh, the box those, in their own slots. Is that what was in the picture you sent me? Are those the, yeah. that came with the game? Yeah. Because I was wondering you who brought the gaming stuff there. That's fantastic. And you put them back in. So it takes like less than two minutes to set up the game. I was going to say Golem's fan- really good too because it has great insert and it's got these nice little... It's a circle that's been split into little um, wedges that you fit all your gems and you just you can leave them in there. You can pop off the top. It's it's nice. so good. They really were thinking about this. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things the they also did, which is interesting, is that uh, when you're purchasing, in your case, golems, but in our mm-hmm. case, mysterious uh, points. <laughs> like trade routes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, you take from the le- if you take from the left one... Or the second to left one, there are coins there. Bonuses, yeah, exactly. Yeah, same. And the silver coins or gold coins, and they're worth extra two points or three points. The weird thing about that is the coins are so good. They're mm. metal coins. They're fantastic. They're heavy, yeah. mm-hmm. but they're useless. Yeah. Like when I say useless, I mean they're only a representation of X victory it's points. You can't spend them. There's yeah. no reason to use them ever. Do you don't need to pick them up once you take them. You and just, I think that's what maybe that's why I never picked up Sentry because it made huge waves when it came out, and at least in as far as like board gaming, huge waves or something. Yeah. But everyone's talking about it. Um, but the price tag on it was out like fairly high. The components, mm-hmm. yeah. The components are also you, very Splendor esque. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> maybe have the lighter. That's weird though. And but the only reason I have gold is because I was at four hundred one a couple of years ago and they had it on a blow up for like thirty five bucks or yeah. something or thirty bucks. Yeah, I'll try it. I've heard good things. And, yep. And the components are fantastic. So, which, from what you say, it's more or less the same game. So. Yeah. So I I have to play Century or Spice Road to figure out the difference between the two, or just read about it. But yeah. uh, anyway, so you enjoy it? Would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, it's good. I would recommend it. There are a lot of other comparable games that though. I'd rather play. Yeah, like honestly, like <laughs> if we're there's a lot of games in that market of like fairly simple. I don't know what maybe abstract strategy, like Tableau like building. easy to teach games yep. with a variety of mechanics, like. Like Reef is like very similar. I'd rather similar. play Reef or Azul or Splendor. Exactly, hmm. me too. I, I would, yeah. I would agree with that. All right, but hey, if you don't have Reef, Azul, or Splendor, definitely give Century Space yes. Road a go. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Musical break. We'll be back in a second. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. <coughs> oh, not feeling so good after hearing that track. Ooh, that was, uh, they're calling my flight. From Steven Soderbergh's film Contagion, which I saw on a plane coming back from uh, Korea. I was flying out of Tokyo, Narita Airport, and I'm watching this movie. Mm, I'm getting creepy. real nervous on the flight. Because <laughs> it's fantastic. It's Some of the Plague movies really... They get me nervous, and and this this movie unsettling. nails it. It's a very unsettling. Uh, the soundtrack I think works so well in its favor. Um, it, Cliff Martinez is, is fan, like he, I guess he's an ex Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer, or he still drums with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But he started an entire side career of movie scores, which has been tremendous. Cool. Um, have you seen Contagion? No, no. I, I can't watch uh, Plague films anymore. N- not after I saw the greatest Plague film of all time, Cloverfield. Oh! <laughs> was that a monster movie? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, or or maybe, maybe the greatest, greatest Plague time of all, Plague film of all time, 28 Days Later. You see, uh, I got okay. an argument with, I'll, uh, I'll take that. with my buddy about, he was trying to say that the 28 Days Later soundtrack was better than the Contagion one. And I was saying, you just, you posted one bloody song. Which is just the one everyone knows in a house in yes. a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And they're totally different moods. Like one is, and oh, I was just so mad. It was, like, it was making me really upset. <laughs> I can't remember anything else from that. Ways the to make Jack a hit. upset. Keep <laughs> yeah. this in mind. Yeah, I love Twenty Days Later though. I saw yeah. that that revitalized the zombie genre and sure. sort of killed it in the same time because now everyone's like slow zombies, <laughs> snooze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super zombies. <laughs> yeah, speed them up. Uh, anyway, Contagion. No relation. To anything going on? No siree. No way. Uh, I forgot to mention, I, had a, um, I just want to say before we move on to kind of the, the meat and potatoes section, I guess, of uh, some other stuff, is that I got to learn a new game on the weekend uh, that's been on the list for a little bit. It's Crystal Palace, mm. which is a game published by Capstone Games. I forget the designers. I don't know if they've done anything else of note. But uh, the premise is it's, uh, oh, geez, what year is it? It's, I think, 1880, somewhere around there. And the uh, World Exposition... Uh, exhibition is coming to London in the famous Crystal Palace, and you are representing one of your countries, one of these countries here, to put on the greatest exhibit that you can do. And in order to do this, you present inventions, and you have esteemed members of the uh, famous people from the era kind of presenting with you to show things off. You're basically, hey, how's it going? Look at my thing. Aren't I great? And whoever's most victory points at the end wins, and you have this entire section of the board that kind of represents London and the various stuff to go around. And that's why I was saying, I posted about saying, kind of reminded me of Istanbul in the sense, because you have all these locations and you're kind of, you're going there and trying to take these actions associated with them. But instead of workers being behind, you have these dice. And I'm not going to go too far into the show or into the mechanics, but what you do at the start of the round is you have a bunch of dice and they represent your workers and you secretly adjust them to whatever pip you want. Hmm. And that represents, represents a strength of the worker, I guess, or maybe the competency of them. And the trick is you have to pay for each pip you put out there so you can't just instantly flip them all to sixes because as you find out money is extremely tight in this game and every round it gets worse so you have an income track and every round you subtract by three so unless you're bumping that up Mm -hmm. you're going to go broke real quick too and you're putting these things down and whoever has the highest one there gets to do the action first or at least choose one of the actions because there's multiple spaces you can go down but if you're trying to be cheap and you're just putting ones and twos 
and Kayla comes in and puts down a six, then all of a sudden she can get first choice from some of these things, and you're trying to gauge, oh, man, how badly do I want this? How much money is this going to cost me? Oh, no, there's only one spot on this one, so I'm going to have to go high, but I don't want to go too high, and what if she doesn't actually want it? So anyway, there's some interesting decisions we made. It plays quickly. Components are fantastic. Um, my only, The only complaint I had was there seemed to be one space that felt essential, uh, at least for us in our first playthrough, which was you basically get a stock certificate, which gives you a big one-time bonus, or per, a big bonus that is basically activated for the rest of the game. And um, whoever, like, it was a fight every round just to beat that one person getting that thing. And Kayla fell behind because she couldn't get there as quickly. That one thing was so good. And the one thing was so good. So I don't know whether it's just because we weren't as good at the game that this seemed overly powerful mm -hmm. and there's one section the black market that didn't make as much sense we didn't really use it as much were but... there any actions that weren't very good no all the actions are good everything's good but some of them were just a little some more, more good yeah some <laughs> yeah. gooder than others so. more good cool all we need is an Expo 67 reskin <laughs> <laughs> great the black market is montreal construction company <laughs> well it's funny because there's a game that came out about uh oh yeah corruption in montreal basically of um that's the one mike wanted to play right yeah that's right and i saw a post about it too so anyway crystal palace uh i'll talk more about it when i get more plays and otherwise right now it's yeah it's, it's good you liked it yeah, it was good. I was a little underwhelmed, but it was more in a sense of when you're doing one of these learning games, you're just kind of fumbling around. It's difficult to get a good feel for it. But mm. there's more meat to it. That's what I'm getting at is nice. that there, it looks like there's stuff you can be doing. And, uh, Tasty. Cool. Yeah. I, feel, I feel the same way about the other Crystal Palace. It's a Chinese buffet in Waterloo. There's a lot of meat to it. It's tasty. You take a look around, there's a lot of stuff you can do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Carrie, how much did Crystal Palace pay you for that little show? Uh, $8.99 is the price of a lunch buffet. <laughs> really? I think so, yeah. Wow, that's a it's great been a while price. Since I used to go a lot when I was in New York. Let's all go to the Crystal Palace and water. <laughs> Non-sponsored. Yeah. 555. Uh, before we go on, I have a quick game to throw into. I, pl I learned uh, Jungle Speed. Oh, man, I oh. play that in Korea. Dexterity games? <laughs> so I don't yeah. even know if it's a dexterity game, is it? It's funny because the only thing I knew about Jungle Speed was that it was banned at Dave's back at home. Because of and fights? Or... No, because things got damaged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and basically you you put a wooden um, a pillar in the middle of the thing and then you flip cards until yeah. you have to grab the thing. But the, the, the it's patterns, like spoons, I guess, yeah. the patterns are insanely similar. Yeah. And so people obviously... Uh, accidentally grab it and then they you know it's basically get rid of your cards first that's the now you know yeah. the rules um but um there were a lot of quick grabs and basically we had tried we had beers and we tried to like put them off in the corner no, a no. distance away yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously somebody still like took a swipe <laughs> and knocked it in and knocked it like bowl, basically just bowling for beers and oh, just wow. ah, it just flew everywhere um but you know who cares about getting jungle speed wet those are, Jungle Speed is up there with anxiety generators for me, <laughs> like uh, Dutch Blitz, Nomia. Um, Dutch Blitz isn't as bad because sometimes I can just turn my brain off, spoons. except I'm going to lose spoons. It's basically advanced spoons. But I'm just saying, it's like, if you could feel my pulse when I'm playing those games, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. it's skyrocketing. I hate it. I just give up. It's so nervous. I just don't even reach for things. I'm like, yeah, eh, yeah you got it. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Still got the scar from Kale's mom when we were playing spoons and she swiped at some spoons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, last thing I wanted to say was that uh, we have a couple fans. Uh, two two, two new people have listened to our show. Uh, so shout out to Jocelyn B. in Kitchener. Um, friend of a friend of the show. I think Patrick's been on the show before. 
Yeah, he has. He brought his dog in. Oh, yeah. That's right. His service animal. Yeah. Service animal, yeah. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Jocelyn, for all the nice things you said about the show. And I agree, Jackie is a horrible person. Um, it's fair. And, uh, and thanks to Mike um, from Poland. Oh. who uh, oh. is a, was a roommate of a friend of the show <laughs> <laughs> and also listened to us for the first time. And he said, I, I don't know if you know this, but there's a podcast called Blink-182, which yeah. is the same name as obviously the or, band. And it's no, because it's a punk rock, punk rock podcast. I don't think it's, isn't it called like Blink-197 or something? Oh, he told me it was 182. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'll believe you. I'm still waiting for the connection. Um, anyway, it's it's one of the top podcasts out of Toronto. And he said that we were on par with them for entertainment value. <laughs> really? So, hey, that's, that a that's a big compliment. compliment? Oh, that's a huge compliment. Huge, that podcast compliment. is great. They're massive too, like famous. <laughs> so why aren't we famous? <laughs> we <laughs> just, <laughs> this is a big question here. So you're saying we need to ingratiate these two people? Ingratiate, So it is obviously thank you very much to you guys because it is obviously nice to absolutely to hear that actually somebody is listening. <laughs> well, we can check the downloads and see that. A yeah, couple we people get some are. stats, but, but those uh, people never contact us. I know. So, yeah, thank you for listening. That's you had uh, your friend in England said something about Dune. Yeah, so maybe we can spin into kind of a, a bit of a bigger recap here. But uh, our friend of the show, Karen, Karen, I'm not going to say your last name, uh, playing Dune in two weeks or so. And she asked me, um, she, we're just, or she didn't ask, said, we're going to just jump right into the advanced. And I said, do it, do it, do it, oh, do yeah. it. And I still maintain uh, that they made a huge mistake calling it advanced when they should just call it the normal rules yep. and the other thing to be the beginner rules because most like people would first play rules, first play or... rules or something. Even then, I wouldn't say for, don't use words first play. I would not even. I would put it in the same category mm. as for people who have played Container. Container has a bank, which is an optional the investment bank, but you yeah. should play with it. Really? Yeah. Really? Because we've never played with it. Yeah. Really? I'm afraid. So if you read the rules for Container, yeah. The, it'll half say, depending on the bank. printing, it'll, it'll half of it's for the bank, but they will say, play with the bank. Really? If you can handle the complexity, you should play with the bank. All right. And I feel so the same way about Advanced Dune. Yeah, we played with the bank. Well, what's it like? It's good. It stops you from uh, ending up in that situation where just no one has any money. Uh, <laughs> all right, nice. Back to Dune. <laughs> yeah, back to Dune. All right. Well, but we it's did the play same thing with Dune. Too, so. I, think, yeah. I, think, uh, I think you should play with Advanced. Go straight to Advanced. Yeah. So the, this ties into, so we went to Toronto and we played Dune. We had got a six-player game in. And it was, um, we all had a lot of fun, I think. It's kind of electrifying. It was a lot of, like, uh, swings. Mm. There were a lot Spice of a swingy yeah. game. For, so I was the Ben and Gesserit, Joel was the Harkonnen, um, and then everyone else was everyone else. <laughs> and the Atreides player is the only one I'll really pick on because I think he had a very miserable game, and it wasn't entirely his fault. One or two of them, maybe you could say he should have known better. But he just got wiped out in two storms, and it was just painful watching him climb yeah. back. Um, he was kind of a uh, nothing, no insult to, I think it was Bruce, no yeah. insult to him whatsoever. But he wasn't selling, like he wasn't hustling with the information, trying mm -hmm. to make some cash back. So That's he's rough. kind of coming from behind on that one. But um, Joel, talk about, talk about your game of well, Dune. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce managed to get like all his forces on the board which is like kind of one of the goals yeah more or less like you you want to be out there you want to have a presence so that you're a threat for getting uh more for, for more uh what is it called spice, spice. <laughs> there we go uh, or controlling a territory in which case you've actually got a built-in spice income mm -hmm. um but if you let's 
here, here's the thing. He also was allied with the Fremen, and the Fremen know where the storm is going, yeah. so he thought it was safe to get some spice. I mean, with the two of them, the Fremen know where the storm is going, and he knows where the spice is going to go. Yeah, it's a perfect combo. So it's like the perfect combo for early game spice. Uh, You'd think. Yeah. So he you had that, think. and he knew exactly <laughs> that he knew that he could go there safely and collect the spice and not lose his, like, eight troops that were yeah. picking up the okay. spice. Uh-huh. But was there a bit, I was yeah, playing the Harkonnen at like hyper ag- aggressive. So nice. I was like, I, I had two Krama cards. I was able to play the Krama cards twice in order to steal four cards from other people. Uh, I have the hand. I, right. I spent all of my spice at the beginning of the game just to max out my hand. In, in and, advanced rules, the, the policy is just never fight with Harkonnen, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or should be. But here's the thing is that I got, because of I was burning through cards so fast, I got weather control twice. And somebody, oh. it wasn't even me, uh, got Family Atomics and just decided to blow up oh, so the he, shield he, wall he really early. He wiped up from Family Atomics. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, so so some a random guy, I think it was the Emperor, no, it was the Space Guild. Space and Guild. Played Family Atomics just, just to make the game more interesting. And like, it was not more even interesting. Strategically. And so I played and I moved the Storm 10 and killed everybody in Arrakis. Or Arakeen. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Arakeen. And uh, and then I played it again to kill all of the remaining wow. Atreides. That's, that's and the Atreides, Atreides was starting, gone from the map. City, right? Entirely that's gone wow. at that point. And it was just like a, a slog to get back. And there were a couple of times when he was just short, he was so short on spice that he couldn't. So in advanced rules, you have to pay to get your troops up to full strength. And there were a couple of times when he could not. And you're just looking there at this stack of troops, and then he's getting into a fight with somebody, and then he puts them down. And he can't afford to That's buff really them up. So they're, yeah. they're... and Atreides and a Harkonnen, if you get if you get thrown off the map, they're the only people who have to pay to put people on the map, but also don't have any basic spice generation. Yep. Like if you're if you're space skilled and you get thrown off the map, eh, it costs you less to put on the map, and everyone else is paying you money. But yeah, the Emperor and the Spice Guild were fine. And sure, they were yeah. allied too, so they were like even doing oh, it at yeah, a discount. Oh yeah, big discounts. But if you're and if you're Fremen, you get to place for free. But if you're Atreides and Harkonnen, that's I guess something to watch out for. Yeah. Or so Dune is a game about controlling a planet. <laughs> 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 and uh, if if you haven't re- listened to our Dune podcast before, uh, definitely check that one out. If you're completely lost in our uh, insular conversation it's, right it's now, good. but I want like, it's, it's just brief overview. Area control. There's yep. a storm that rotates around the planet and destroys units that it touches. There's only one currency which generates on random territories every turn, and yeah. it's asymmetric. And think about this: yep. it's six people fighting over five territories, and you need at least three of them to win. <laughs> oh yeah, but you can make an alliance. <laughs> yeah. Um. I so I just want to talk a little bit more about what happened in our game. So, uh, Jack here was uh, the Bene Gesser, which is awesome, uh, as an ally, and so. You're saying never fight the Harkonnen. Try fighting the Harkonnen <laughs> when they're allied with the Bene Gesserit and can use a voice. Right. Right. It was just, could not lose a fight. It was amazing. He also Except for one time where I accidentally, deliberately lost a fight by, I, I forced somebody to do a certain type of attack and then I did the opposite defense. Oh, <laughs> that was weird. Even though I had the right defense yeah, in my hand. Yeah. But even with that, we, um, uh, we ended up winning just about every other fight that came after. And he was, like, super key to me. But then I look at the map, and, like, it's the Bene Gesserit problem is they just don't have any forces. Yeah. And so you're looking like, well, I want to win this game. Sorry, Jack. Got to move on. And so There's me and the Fremen went and won it, won it instead. Nice. It's this close, though. Yeah, and he had the prediction. So remember I did uh, you Fremen round seven? Mm-hmm. 
he he did the same Harkonnen round seven, and we just barely because of a really stupid fight with the Atreides won round six. Otherwise, we oh, would have wow. almost guaranteed won the next round, and he would have won instead. Huh. And here I thought that the Bene Gesserit uh, prediction never really paid yeah. off. It's still... Well, it's another thing where it's like we're not really looking for it, you know? Yeah, totally. It was a fun game, though. I had a good time, and I like I was telling Joel, I really want to... I, next time we play 100%, I'm doing the Bene Gesserit again oh, because I want game. to just... I want to try to figure them out. We have this, like, outside, outside chance that we might get to play on Saturday. It's, it's, like, it's extremely even that outside. Thought is, like, yeah. so exciting. So this, was, this was your first game with Advance Rules? Yeah. Because yeah. I played Advance, but separately from you, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. We also... We've got it scheduled for GriffCon. GriffCon's coming up in April, so uh, if you haven't gone on GriffCon.org yet... Get on there. Sign up. You can sign up for Civ. You can sign up for Dune. (laughs) Oh, at the same Um, time? Well, they're on different days. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, we keep keep going to GriffCon. We keep complaining about it, but... uh, Do we complain about it? A little bit, yeah. What do we complain about? I can't even think uh, of Harry Potter belly dancing. Well, like it's, it's <laughs> like they're trying to mix it up and give you something else. How weird too. it is down there. How it, come everybody else is playing uh, Pathfinder? <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is playing Pathfinder. What's that? What's that in game? In game. Like like a like tavern or in game? Yeah. Red you Dragon Inn. Yeah, Red Dragon Inn. People in. were playing. People were playing that last time, which is I don't recognize bizarre. That. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. It's kind of oh, random. The Catan National Championship qualifiers are there. If you oh, that's to, also if true. If you yeah. still want to play Catan. That's kind of a big deal. That's Actually, pretty cool. Sam and Jess went to that, and I think they had a pretty good time, but they were said some of the players were a little, um, well, the kind of people you'd meet in a tournament. In a Catan tournament, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> in the final moments of the show, let's do a quick rundown, and this is something we all participated in recently, of a game of Mega Civ that was very interesting by... At least our standards, our West Empires, excuse me. So fun. What's the difference? Though? It's all the same bloody game, just different name. Um, so we got to play, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago, and we did, what was it, six players? Six uh, players, all X winners. Yeah. Which was my dream, and it was exactly as good as I thought it would be. A lot longer than yeah. I thought six people who had played the game so many times the game was going to be. For sure. Everyone was really interested in combat. There was yeah. just a it lot of combat. It was very aggressive. For sure. And I don't know if that's a side effect of people just knowing, oh, can't let so-and-so, or look at them, or this is an sure. easy way to disrupt them. I, mean, I thought what? about it a little bit, and I found what hap- what always happens is that you have extra resources. At some point, you reach your borders, and your pop grows, yep. and you have nothing to do with them. But in this game, nobody's being there to be polite. So it's like, I'm not going to do anything else with them. Why not wage war? And that happened like, I wage war on Joel. Why not? Yeah. No problem. And Patrick started a fight with me instantly, and there's yep. just a... So my main takeaways were uh, everyone was in love with military this game. Oh, uh, so Harry got oh, it first and so was good. making decisions last, and everyone and forced it didn't to me. It. Thank God. Uh, and also that uh, I hate playing as Hellas or uh, any Hattie. of those places in the middle. No, no, how do y'all take um, anything in the middle? I hate playing not Rome, because I find it difficult, dog. but because it's so annoying. It's yeah. it's actually unfun as far as I'm concerned in the sense of. It's so fiddly moving these chits around on these tiny places. And the amount of times you're like, is he supposed to be there? Is he here? And what's... At least I was, had a good relations with Manoa, or else I would have just been gone berserk if I had been oh, yeah. handling yeah, that sure. stuff. Good relations with the Mo- Minoans I mm-hmm. have. <laughs> but yeah, we, we were very the impressed by, uh, by military, <laughs> this military tech. It was, uh, it was good. Uh, so, man, sorry, Joel, please. I was just going to say that I've never had so much fun losing. 
Yeah. Well, it, you weren't that. Come on. It was. It was pretty tight. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I would say it was close-ish, and then, and then he got uh, demolished later yep. on. But that's. I think that's the beauty of Civ. Like, for some reason, Patrick I, won, I by hate one. games with high variance. I can, play, I can play a game of Harry Civ did? and get destroyed by, by like, regression or get destroyed by these things. And I don't mind. I don't yeah. mind losing. It's still fun. Well, because if you're doing... The thing is, like, Civ is fine, as far as I'm concerned, losing if you're if you're doing okay. As long as you're like, in it. As you're in yeah, it. That's what I'm saying. If you're at the bottom, like, some of those poor saps where it's just, like, I have two cities and I don't get mm. to trade anything and it's just... I'm getting... Everyone's just eating me alive. Yeah. Then that's not fun Somebody's asking you for gemstones and you're like... <laughs> I've had I've five never cities. had cities. <laughs> iron, iron. <laughs> Anybody got some some? What is that? I don't even know what the ones are. Oh, clay, papyrus. Yeah. So quickly before we're at a time, let's go through what people's goals were and what was actually resolved. And sorry, Harry, did you win? I thought Patrick won in the count. So I won, and then and I think I won, and then we went back and we we're like, oh, but if had Pat, if Patrick had done things slightly differently, so then, what, then what he could have won differently. Uh, if he had like destroyed one of my cities, I think he could have won. Huh. I don't quite understand, but all right. Either way, so... but it it checked out at the time. Yeah. So, what was your goal when you did? You have a plan when you sat down, or with a tech tree that you were going to advance, or was this just kind of by the seat of your pants? See, total seat of my pants. Yeah. No plan at all. I was like, oh, I was playing. Pick uh, on Joel. I was playing uh, <laughs> Carthage, so I was on kind of the north coast of Africa. I was like, maybe maybe I'll get military and then like uh, sail across the ocean and attack people. Yeah. Never did it. I got military because I needed to defend against monotheism, but and then military ended up being really good, way better I, than I. I sailed across so. the ocean and attacked. And then people. and then yeah. Joel ended up sailing across the ocean. I I just kind of played it loose, and I think that worked out really well. I will say we played with the special buildings expansion for this game. I I didn't build a single special building until the last turn. It was only you for don't points. have to do it. I think my opinion of the the expansion is this is expansion's great. Really? Because you don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else is it doing added, it. added no complexity to the game except for five victory points. Well, Patrick, Easy. on the other hand, used it quite effectively. Yeah. Yeah. He was building them constantly. I, and I think that that's what I liked about it. Some people, you don't have to do it, <clears> and some people will love to do it, and some people don't have to do it at all, and it's fine. Yeah. Hmm. Joel, you did you set out to follow Flo's uh, flow yeah. chart? <laughs> so, so, like, flow gives me homework yeah. on Facebook, <laughs> and then Try I go this. off and do it. So this was uh, Cartography and Provincial Empires. Which is pretty tough because not only is it two colors, but it's two colors you don't usually really want to go. So it's a combination of uh, it's red and green, which green is fine, <coughs> but uh, discounts are probably are really low. And I think basically it's a better it's a better strategy for what you were saying. It's very frustrating to be in the middle. But if you're in the middle and you get Provincial Empires, mm -hmm. you're getting cards from everybody. Also, so, maybe we had kind of talked about this on the day of maybe a better strategy for the advanced um, AST where you have to build more technologies. You yeah. have to diversify more. Yeah, exactly. Advanced AST, I think Provincial Empires pay off. But I think really all it served to do is make people mad at me. <laughs> but Sunday is not... It is aggravating, like putting out your hand, just taking things from people. But it's mm -hmm. usually stuff that people are just kind of holding on to anyway, and like couldn't yeah, twos and threes. Yeah, and it's like, all right, whatever. Take it. Take this too. Get on my side. It'd be really nice if if <clears throat> people weren't really paying attention, and you snuck across the map, and you border them, and they have like a set of five sixes or something, and you take yeah. one of those. You that, know? Yeah, that would be all right. But... <laughs> I mean, one thing both of us did and worked really well is that we both got monarchy and we both got diplomacy which yep. lets you generate more money and then spend money to buy sevens um and it, i think it worked really well yep. like just that that ability to buy 
specifically sevens. I think there's another card that lets you buy fives, maybe. That seems like the sweet spot. Yep. Uh, any yeah, any extra really card draw is incredible because you basically have gotten For a sure. free city well, out of that. Especially extra card draw, I think, in the in the value of trade goods that people want, like mm-hmm. the, the useful ones. Like yeah, yeah. getting twos is good-ish, yeah. but and getting like nines is. Well, like, would you rather have three twos or a nine, right? That's For sure. Like, that's and, or honestly, like, would I rather have over over three turns? Would I rather have three sevens or two nines? I would probably have rather have three sevens. Yep. Yep. Anyway, the game was a lot of fun, and playing with all experts uh, didn't make it faster, but it certainly made it interesting. And there wasn't as much slowdown in the sense of, like, uh, hold on, how do I do this again, or what's the trick? Even yeah. though I I swear to God, I, mm. I can't remember the exact amounts needed to get rid of cities at times sure. or to replace them. Was it 11? And I messed up pretty yeah, badly twice. Like yeah. We that? never really had... We had to... Didn't Patrick, like, hate, hate take uh, a wild city from you? That's just nasty. He threw a couple guys in to disrupt my construction. I was furious, and that was when I was a little salty, and I threatened to destroy him from the face of the earth. Just there shall be tank war. my game. Yeah. But then aggressive monotheism everywhere. Yeah. Yes. I had Weird. to buy it because of rule, and then I think Patrick bought it. No, maybe he didn't, but uh, Stefan bought it, and it was a waste of money. But <laughs> we had some crazy arms races going on with with warfare and monotheism, and, and it was, it was a like, weird game. I don't know if it was like the most efficient no, way no, 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 to no, buy text. That's, that's people the were experience just game wanting to yeah. kill each other. <laughs> it was Jack doing a one-time buy me yellow just to get money. It's not not worth it. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you for United Three FM. Check us out on the internet. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm Joel. And I'm Harry. Thanks. Bye.